0: SFF, yeah, a podcast dedicated to all things science fiction and fantasy. This is episode 165. We are recording on November 10th. I'm Sharifa Williams here with Jen Northington. And today we're coming back. It is the season for our <laughs> annual holiday gifting episode. Somehow. Somehow. (laughs) Today is like, we had like a cold snap earlier, Mm -hmm. and then suddenly it was like in the high 70s. And today I feel like is the first day of real cooler season. Mm. So we're going to have a stretch of some cold, cloudy weather. So I'm trying to get into... The mode of, like, oh, it's almost time for the winter holidays and mm. to get cozy and to actually break out the tea and not just pretend it's cold outside. <laughs> <laughs> it's so
1: true, though. Yeah, I love cold season because it, I mean, not like not, yeah, cold season, <laughs> but like chilly, chilly season because um well it is also ch- I'm just it like is. saying words now chili is one of my favorite foods and oh. i have a giant <laughs> hoodie collection that I have no shame about oh, like yeah. I like collect them at this point point. Um, and I get to start wearing them for realsies instead of as you said pretending that yep. it's cold <laughs> enough to wear one and then just like sweating stubbornly <laughs> so but yeah it's gone too fast like September turned into October when I wasn't looking like I was telling
0: you and yeah. now it's November and I'm
1: just like what what is happening so I'm
0: already like putting 2024 on things so my brain is, does not know how to compute anything but we're gonna try and you know <laughs> we'll see. maybe how it this goes. episode will set us right and <laughs> we'll talk about some of our holiday gifting picks and answer a listening n- listener question talk about some fun news today so before we get into that i want to tell you about tbr which is bringing paperbacks. I don't think I can sound cool saying that, but in my head, <laughs> okay. it sounds really cool. <laughs> but this is a great, great subscription for, especially now as the holidays are approaching and if you do not enjoy carrying around bulky hard covers or maybe you're on a budget or you want a wider range of recommendations or all of the above you can now get a paperback subscription from tbr which is so cool i love paperbacks myself Mm. um and these are curated just for you by one of our bibliologists who are all very heavy readers, diverse readers. They read a lot of books um, mm. and they are expert in recommending books. So, yeah, if you want to get a paperback subscription or you just want to check out um, all of the various levels of subscription TBR offers, you can check it out at mytbr.co. That's where you can go to check out TBR and also think about gifting it for the holiday season. Again, that's mytbr.co. All right, let's hear from a sponsor and then let's talk about some fun SFF news.
2: This episode is sponsored by The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy. Robbie and Trevor Cressmont have enough wealth to ensure they'll never be found guilty of any wrongdoing, even if everyone believes they're behind the deaths of their ex-girlfriends. Let us all take a collective angry sigh at that. Lauren O'Brien, the new girl at school, has a dark past of her own, and she's desperate for a fresh start. Except when she starts a relationship with Robbie, her chance is put in jeopardy. During what's meant to be their last weekend together, Lauren stumbles across evidence that might just implicate Robbie. And after a third death rocks the town, she must decide whether to end things with Robbie or risk becoming another cautionary tale. This is an edge-of-your-seat YA thriller that's perfect for fans of Karen McManus and Holly Jackson. Make sure you pick that up now wherever books are sold. And thank you once again to The One That Got Away With Murder by Trish Lundy for sponsoring today's show. Today's episode
3: is brought to you by Greenleaf Book Group. No summer vacation should be without a great read. And I don't know about you, but I am partial to mysteries and thrillers for my All right, so you
0: <laughs> were really excited about these two news stories. I was- and I was like, I don't really know. Like, I have very surface level knowledge of both of these, but I am really excited to hear about your excitement <laughs> around these two news stories. So take it away. Yeah. <laughs> It was a big news morning in
1: my feed when I was checking in. And I hadn't checked it yesterday, so there was some stuff from, like, the last couple days, but... Uh, And we wouldn't normally do news on our holiday gifting episode, but because we only had one listener request, I was like, Sharifa, please, I want (laughs) to talk about this. Um, And you very kindly agreed. So I want to start with uh, the trailer for Avatar The Last Airbender. Um, Tor.com has covered it. Molly Templeton, who I know, wrote it up. And uh, yeah, it's it's not a trailer. It's a teaser. And really, it is... Is as Templeton notes very limited. We really are just seeing the casting functionally and like some of the like set work and CGI. Um but Sharifa, I was I did not realize you've never seen the cartoon. Yeah. The Avatar the Last Airbender cartoon. So uh, here's the part where I try to talk everyone into watching it because okay. it is so good. I have watched it start to finish three times in my life and I came to it as an adult. I did not see it as a kid. So when the movie came out in the aughts, which we shall not otherwise speak of like, no hardest of passes. Um, I was just like, I don't know what that is. And then somebody, I think after college, made me sit down and watch it with them. And I was like, oh, this is amazing. Like, the cartoon is incredible. And now I own it (laughs) on DVD. (laughs) Because it's very unpredictable streaming. Like, sometimes Disney has it, and sometimes Netflix has it, and sometimes Hulu has it. And you're like, where is this? Um, But it's so good. Oh, my gosh. It's so good. Like, if you like found family if you like magical systems and if you like your like especially focused around teenagers who are like or you know tweens who are coming of age and like trying to figure out like falling in love and like what to do with power and you know the world is kind of crumbling around them and how do they deal with that and how do they deal with responsibilities mm-hmm. and you know when the adults in their lives are like absent for whatever reason it's so perfect and sweet and lovely Ugh. and I just have like the gooeyest of cinnamon roll feelings for Avatar The Last Airbender the cartoon yes. specifically Um, Korra I still haven't finished that's the sequel which is much more YA like if you were gonna shelve it in, you know, a bookstore, like Avatar, Last Airbender is middle grade, and then Korra is YA. And it's a little on the angsty side, which I was not ready for. I should have known it going in, but I just, like, wasn't ready for it. But Cora is great, too. Um, and so... So, all right. So they're making a live action movie. And obviously the last time they did this, we were all like, no, thank you. Like, this is yeah. not what I wanted. Um, so I went into watching this trailer with a little bit of like, oh, are they going to get it right this time? Um, but we've come a long way since, you know, the the first time they did this. And it looks pretty good. Um, did you watch it, Sharifa?
0: I did. It. I definitely got like the tingles from it, even mm. not knowing, you know. Like I know generally what it's about, yeah. but like I I don't have that level of fandom that is actually founded on having watched <laughs> the thing. But uh-huh. like the visuals were really cool. So yeah. that that got me.
1: Yes. Okay. Well, yeah, I'm here to tell you that what you should do this winter is watch all of the cartoon. Okay. And get excited about the movie. Hopefully get like tentatively excited about the movie. Um so yeah, yeah. I'm really I'm really jazzed. The casting looks really solid. My one note, my one little quibble, is that we see Aang, who is, like, the main character. And he's the, you know, no hair, blue arrow on his head character. Um, And in the cartoon, he is, like, a whimsical delight of a human. Yeah. Like, he's very funny. He's very, like, capricious. He's so silly. Love, love, love. And we get a very serious Aang mm-hmm. in this trailer. And it's not that there aren't serious Aang moments, in this show, but we didn't see any of the lightness in Aang in this, tr- in this teaser. So, that's my one, like, ooh, are we going to get silly Aang, or is he going to be serious Aang the whole time? That's my question. But otherwise, like, I am extremely excited about this.
0: <laughs> it seemed like they were really trying to ramp up, like, high drama in the teaser, yes. at least. So You're right. Maybe You're right. Yeah. maybe they're going to, you know, start to reveal a little bit more about his, his other side
1: yeah. It's also hard because it's like four, you know, books, quote unquote, seasons long, I want to say. Um, it could be five. And uh, I can never remember because I just watch it as if it's one thing. Yeah. But there are actual, <laughs> like, breaks in it. Um, and, like, fitting all of that into a two-hour movie, like, you're going to have to drop some stuff. Oh, right. So I don't know what they'll have dropped. Um, and But I hope it's not all of Aang's whimsical nature because I really do love that. All right. So that's my pitch for Avatar The Last Airbender.
0: I will be watching that this winter season. And it's good to know I have time since it doesn't come out till February 22nd. Yeah, yeah. You got time. You got
1: time. And then the second story is an announcement that the James S. A. Corey writing duo, uh, who wrote the Expanse series, uh, are doing a new one. They're doing a new sci-fi trilogy this time. Um, and I, you haven't read the Expanse? Have you watched the show? No, I haven't. Neither. Okay. Yeah. So this was the year I finally started reading The Expanse because, you know, it was so big. It was like, I don't need to read this. Like everybody, it's doing fine without me, right? (laughs) Like it doesn't need me to read it so it didn't get prioritized right and then this year i was like oh maybe i'll finally read some of the expanse and then before i knew it i had read like half of it the series and was like this is great i can see why everybody likes it um i haven't watched the show because not because i'm not a like i have heard that they did a very good job but there's some kind of like intense stuff that happens i don't want to say dark although like a lot of people die i mean it's a very action-packed franchise um a lot of people die there's like dark you know torturing things that happen there's alien monstrosity there's like weird like fungus stuff mm-hmm. um yeah, I know. It, I actually do think you would like it, Sharifa. If you had time. time, um, but I just I had a hard enough time reading some of those scenes because I ended up caring so much about the characters, and I was like, no, don't die. Oh, no. Um, and I was like, I don't know if I could watch this. Like, it's just hard to imagine watching some of those scenes and not like getting destroyed in my soul. So I have not actually watched the show yet, but I am excited about a new trilogy from these two writers it's still sci-fi but uh so this is from gizmodo reported on by cheryl eddie and if you scroll all the way down past like all of the like summaries and stuff they're talking about the idea of this and uh frank who is one of the writers was like oh yeah i pitched daniel abraham the other writer this idea like the book of daniel you know the old testament book of daniel but it's sci-fi and then Abraham was like, oh, there's like a little bit of like Le Guin and Frank Herbert in there. And so they've just been <laughs> describing it. The quote is the disappointing love child of Frank Herbert and Ursula Le Guin. And I'm like, that's Hilarious. I'm here for that. Like I'm here for those things. I love Le Guin. I was raised in the church. So like I have the book of Daniel in my head. Like I am 100 percent. Curious about what this pair is going to do with this idea. Um, so yeah, it was it was like nice news for our twenty twenty three or excuse me twenty twenty four. What year? August (laughs) next summer. Next summer is when it's going to happen.
0: Yes, but yeah, I am endlessly impressed when people are able to write together, especially Mm. to this extent. Like. This many books and just like going for it with a whole new series. Maybe that's Mm -hmm. just because I'm such a, I'm not a group project type of person, (laughs) but it's like, wow, I didn't, I don't know if I realized, I think I might not have realized that James S.A. Corey was two writers. Yeah. Super, super fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I think you're right. And the
1: books, you know, don't feel like a tube. Like, they are. They feel very seamless to me. So it's a testament wow. to their uh, collaboration abilities. I mean, you get a lot of switchy POVs, and I always wonder. I'm like, does one of you write Naomi, and does the other one write James? Oh. Or, like, do you share? Like, how do you do that? Um, and there's a ton of POVs. Like, you get a new POV or two with every book in addition to the ones that are through lines. But, um yeah, that would be fascinating. Yeah, I don't know how they do it. I'm sure they've talked about it somewhere. I'm sure I could Google that. I haven't because I, I just, I just am enjoying the magic. Yeah, like, I don't need to know. I don't need, you don't to, need know, to take actually. it apart. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't need to dissect it. I just am enjoying their... And I will say that, like. It's a very inclusive series. Like, we get a lot of different types of people with different backgrounds who, like, have messy conversations with each other and reactions to each other and problems with each other. And that it's, like, a weird thing to call that series soothing. But, like, these are people, you know, for the most part, doing their best to navigate a really complicated and highly fraught timeline. And, like, hmm... That feels familiar. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And obviously our problems are different, but there is something very uh, helpful about watching them work out their stuff on the page and doing it in like actually mostly a very compassionate and thoughtful, caring way. Um, And when it's not, it's like seen as, you know, hey, this is not how to work it out. So I really appreciate that about that
0: series. A little hopeless, uh, hopeless, hopeful catharsis goes a long way
1: <laughs> exactly exactly and like bad stuff happens people die who i don't want them to die and like you know things yeah. get blown up and you're like no this is terrible but like they persist and that's yeah that's helpful to see on the page so
0: well i love that i'm glad we had some good news to talk about with yeah our holiday gifting stuff that was a it was a wise decision to put those in there. <laughs> <laughs> well, we do have one listener request for today's holiday episode. So I'll go ahead and give it a read. And then maybe Jen, you could kick it kick us off mm-hmm. with like your pick for this one. So this is from Liza or Lisa. Sorry if I uh, am getting your name wrong. But thank you for submitting your question. And Liza says, I was looking for a few books to gift myself this holiday season. And what I'm specifically looking for is speculative reads that focus on family. Books that I think of like this are Practical Magic, Light Years from Home, and The Inheritance of Orchidea Divina. I loved that the speculative parts were in these books, but they played more in the background while the family dynamics were the real juicy parts of the story. So this was a really exciting one, actually, because especially just looking at the titles Mm -hmm. that were listed as examples, I was like, ooh, I can't wait to think of something for this. What did you (laughs) pick? Because it looks like you have some strong feelings about your choice.
1: I sure do. I love this question. I loved all of these books, as you know, if you've listened to the show, like I have talked about we've talked about them all. Um, and yeah, this is a trope that I do. I hadn't like quite framed it in this way in my head, but you're right. like it's a family stories with some speculative stuff going on in the background. Mm-hmm. And I do feel very strongly that The Cartographers by Punk Shepherd is exactly what you're looking for. This is a genre blender. It's, like, technically a murder mystery, um, but it also has, like, a map that leads you to a place that maybe is or is not real. And there's, like, secret cabals of cartographers, and it is at its heart, a really intense family story. Um, our main character, Nell, has lived in the shadow of her father's, you know, very forceful and strong personality and professional reputation like her whole life. And um, and her mother, uh, you know, died when she was very young in like kind of mysterious circumstances. They don't talk about it. And so, you know, it's a big deal for her when he has been like, he dies in his office at the NYPL. Um, and it looks like maybe it was foul play. Like it it wasn't just a natural death. And this map that they had this huge fight over many years ago, which she's never understood, suddenly seems to be part of what's going on. And it is really a fantastic book. Um, I thought Shepard balanced all of these different elements so perfectly and you really get so much juicy, both actually family of origin and found family feelings in here because there's two different timelines that you're dealing with and the repercussions from one much like in Orchidia Divina, uh, shape what has happened in the present timeline. So I think you're going to love The Cartographers if you haven't picked it up already. And I highly recommend Shepard's books across the board. Um, So again, The Cartographers by Punk Shepard, A++.
0: Well, I thought that I was going to be able to pull out something a little warmer and fuzzier than (laughs) I did, but I... (laughs) I was like, you know what I think is a good fit for this description is the book Eaters by Sun Dean, And this is a darker read. It does have warm moments, I will say. And it even has a seasonal touch. And I mean, like the Owenses of Practical Magic, the family, as they're called in this book, are tight-knit outsiders. Uh, But unlike the Owenses, they are uninterested in mingling with the outside world, and they're not exactly a loving, caring group of people. So this is a story about generations of sets of families, actually, who are holding tight to these traditions, harmful traditions, I will say, and... A story about clashes and divisions between families and also the rare rebels who for various reasons rebel against the family and the traditions they were raised to celebrate and be complicit in and in in the book eaters Devon is one such rebel she's the mother of a child whose very existence is taboo her coming of age sort of wiped the glamour from her eyes and showed her her family's dark side even before her son was born and now she's she's kind of trying to do everything in her power to protect her son from her family and to find a path forward for him even if it means going up against all of the families and The thing about like the speculative elements in the story, the families literally eat books. And while that's a key piece of the story, like you were describing um, in your request, the real juicy business really is this sort of, you know, family drama, which actually reads like mafia drama a bit, (laughs) And because it involves like subterfuge and blackmail and these underground Mm. dealings that are happening, um, in the background, and it's just this really this fast paced read with a morally gray protagonist, and it also has a queer romance. Um, and the story goes back and forth in time, and I think it builds to this great climax where suddenly you realize just how complex Devon's situation is. And the gravity of what she's up against, but just reading about this, these sort of families that Dean created for these, the story was really interesting. And it was really different. It wasn't like anything I had quite read before. So... I would suggest it if you're in the mood for something a little bit on the dark side. Um, uh, the book Eaters by Sunny Dean is a, a great one. And this one does come with content warnings for sexual assault, child abuse, and endangerment. Okay. Right. So that covers our listener requests. So now we can just like go and luxuriate in our (laughs) (laughs) our wild card picks for the holiday season but before we get to that we're going to hear from another sponsor
3: today's episode is brought to you by harper muse publisher of troubled waters Troubled Waters is an intimate portrait of two generations, a granddaughter and a grandmother, coming to terms with what it means to be family, Black women, and alive in a world on fire. In heartfelt lyrical prose, Mary Annese Hegler weaves an unforgettable story of the climate crisis, Black resistance, and the enduring power of family. Narrated by Janice Abbott-Pratt and written by climate justice writer Mary Annise Hegler, the Troubled Waters audiobook is available everywhere May 7th. It follows Corinne as she plans to stage a dramatic act of resistance and peels back the scabs of her family wounds and puts her safety in jeopardy. Both grandmother and granddaughter must bring their unspoken secrets into light to find a path to healing known for her essays that dissect and interrogate the climate crisis, drawing heavily on her personal experience as a black woman with deep roots in the South. Mary Anais Hegler brings us her first work of fiction titled Troubled Waters. Make sure to pick it up. Thanks again to Harper Muse, publisher of Troubled Waters for sponsoring this episode. <laughs> Today's episode is brought to you by Underlined haven't read a Natasha Preston thriller yet. We dare you to try. She's known for her line of chilling young adult suspense novels like The Cellar and The Fear. The New York Times and USA Today bestselling author excels at putting fear into the hearts of her readers. So her newest book titled The Dare is about five friends whose senior prank goes very, very wrong. This is the perfect graduation season read for thriller fans who can handle a good scare. The Dare is now available wherever books are sold. You can learn more about it at getunderlined.com. So again, this young adult thriller is about five friends with a prank that goes wrong. There are dark secrets, a twisty plot, and creepy I know what you did last summer vibes. So if you, you know, it's graduation season, you want to revel in that, but like make it scary. You know what I mean? Pick up The Dare by Natasha Preston. And thanks again to Underline for sponsoring this episode. Okay,
0: Jen, do you want to kick us off or even talk about, like, how you went about picking your titles for our (laughs) free-for-all?
1: Yeah, I know. Free-for-all is exactly right. I I always try to do comps for these because I feel like, you know, like, well-known comps, um... Because sometimes, like, you know, for example, that somebody likes Star Wars, but you maybe don't know more specifically than that what they like Mm. to read. Or maybe you like Star Wars. I mean, these are for you or for your, you know, readers in your life. Right. So that's one thing. And then also I was just literally looking at, like, the books I'd read in the past year or two years and being like, which which ones of these would I gift to people? Like, if I was, like, going to go on a gifting spree... Which ones would I gift? Uh, so I was a little all over the place. <laughs> but um, some of mine are like, you know, I don't know. They're they're maybe more specific uh, of, for readers than others. I think some of these are real crowd pleasers. Um, you could give them to almost anybody. So it's a, it's a little bit of a mix. What about you?
0: I initially was like, I'm just going to throw a few titles in there that I really loved reading recently mm. and would just force upon people um, mm. <laughs> no matter who. But then I saw that you were categorizing yours doing the <laughs> comps thing. And I was like, that's probably a better idea to give people some <laughs> real guidance for maybe who should get these books. instead of so just I love these. I'm foisting them on you. Um, <laughs> uh, so I went ahead and I realized that there are really convenient um and straightforward uh, categories that I could put these titles into. but it's so funny because I so rarely gift books these days, mm-hmm. which is same, same. yeah, so I, I just do this as a sort of aspirational exercise and in the hopes that it helps somebody who actually does gift books.
1: Yeah, I don't I don't either. It's too dangerous yeah. for me. And people know not to give me books also. So it's, you know, it's uh when you get too deep in the industry like that's just not what you do. Yeah. <laughs> After a while, except for children's, all of the children's in my life get books. Ugh, that is I love children's That is uh books. Yes, that's a for real, for real. All right. So my first book, which I do think is a real crowd pleaser in the best way, um, and also specifically I shouted out Star Wars, it is also a really good one for Star Wars fans, is Where Peace is Lost by Valerie Valdez, who is the author of you know books that we love. We talk about Valdez all the time, and I know I've talked about this before, but I really do think this is a solid gifter for this holiday season. It is a space fantasy. There's some tech. There's some, arguably, is it magic? Is it not magic? In the same way that Star Wars, like, is the Force magic or is it midichlorians? Like, let's discuss. So there's, um, let's never discuss midichlorians. No. (laughs) Um, But, like, there is, you know, there's that vibe to this. It's a big world that you're seeing just a corner of. And uh, the characters are truly... Like, oh, you just want to hug most of them. And even the ones that you start off, you're like, I'm not sure about you. Then you're like, yeah, no, okay, I love you. I love you so much. I have so many feelings about you. Um, the, our main character, Kel, is is sort of in hiding. Uh, it is, Valerie herself has comped it to like an Obi-Wan Kenobi situation, like there's been this huge war and she was part of this, you know, one side that, you know, signed a treaty and but that it relies on her basically like falling entirely off the grid. So she's been in hiding for a long time, just like trying to pretend to be normal <laughs> with varying, you know, success. Um, and uh, suddenly the planet that she is living on is having issues with war machines from this past war, and what I love about this planet is it's is extremely ecologically minded. And this war machine that has suddenly like appeared and is on the loose is threatening the habitat of this like giant megafauna species, which is super cool. Um, so she finds herself drawn into the, you know. Situation in an attempt to help save this world that she's, you know, become attached to and she wants to see good things and also she knows things about what's going on that nobody else knows because of her history. Um, And so she becomes part of this group. It is very like, oh, again, like love, love, love this group of, of characters um, on a quest to save the megafauna and the planet and, you know, get involved a little bit in politics and figure out who they are to each other in the meantime. Um, And I just really loved it. She's kind of like a little grizzly, which I enjoy, like somebody who's like, you know, been through some stuff and is not like exactly a warm and fuzzy character, but whose heart is 100% in the right place. It's very satisfying. Uh, so again, that's where peace is lost by Valerie Valdez.
0: Amazing. Love Valdez. Yeah, it's good stuff i know right my first pick is for the hopeful philosophers let's call them cerebral cinnamon rolls and (laughs) that's amazing that's so good i came up with that on the fly i'm very proud of myself you should be And I will admit that like all of my Pixar books I talked about previously and it's because I love them so much including the Monk and Robot books by Becky Chambers which I just think these are great books for people who really enjoy like ruminating on purpose, friendship and... What a less toxic, in all the ways, more community and nature-oriented world could look like. And especially for people who maybe need some comfort in these dark times Mm. and some, you know, faith in humanity in our future, I suppose. (laughs) And it's a a big ask, but (laughs) this is is a comforting read. And right now there are two books out, A Psalm for the Wild Built and A Prayer for the Crown Shy. We have talked about both on the show. They're gentle utopian reads that I think really do a good job of managing to both depict a world where people are trying to do better including avoiding the worst trappings of capitalism and treating the planet like you know little more than a resource farm they're trying to not do those things um and also where strife and struggle especially of the internal sort still exists so even though we're we're looking at this hopeful utopian world there are still, of course, things that go wrong and things that are a struggle and hard times. So I think the books do a good job of illustrating how there's kind of no end to learning that even if the world is becoming more just and equitable and caring, the work of keeping it that way and investigating our actions and adjusting never really stops, which I think I, I, do believe in um and it really resonates with me so i there's that and there's just that i love exploring the world chambers created and following the journey of our protagonists, uh T Monk sibling Dex and Ro- Robot Mosscap, whose relationship I think is a great study in friendship and advocacy, and just watching them work out the kinks in their their friendship and how they relate to one another, and you know, how they they talk about each other and support each other amongst other people. So This is a fantastic duology for now that I think would be a great package gift. And again, that's the Monk and Robot books by Becky Chambers.
1: Yeah, a bunch of mine are sort of package gifts as well. I was I like a standalone, like Where pieces is Lost, for example. Yeah. But also it's nice sometimes to give somebody something where like, if you like the first one, there's more. It's um, extra special. Or you can, it's extra special. Or especially with novellas, right? Like yeah. The Monk and Robot. They make like a nice little beautiful package together. So
0: And it's not a big like... You don't right. have to do a whole bunch to get through them, so...
1: No, yeah, they're not a big honkin' investment of time, so... Alright, so my next pick is for the Murder in Space fans or people who just really love kind of wacky sci-fi. Um, I am a huge fan of the Mid Solar Murders series by Merlafferty. There are now two books out. They came they started coming out last year, which seems wild to me. I'm like, surely they both came out this year. No, I just don't know how time works. Um, <laughs> but the first one is Station Eternity and the second one is Chaos Terminal. And they have really fantastic sort of, like, pop art covers, and they are very fun, which is a weird thing to say about murder, but, like, (laughs) you know, you know (laughs) how it happens. Uh, Our main character that we're introduced with in the first one is Mallory. She... All her life has sort of been surrounded by murder. Like, unw- Like she's never done it, but it seems like people die around her, close to her, near her. It's happened to her many times in her life. She is, like, being watched by the FBI because they're like, you seem extremely sus, even though there's never any evidence to pin it on her. And also, she is, like, kind of good at solving murders, but, like, they don't want... Like, the police are not going to hire her. The FBI is not going to hire her. And she's just tired of being surrounded by death. So... Uh, in this version of Earth, the aliens have, like, shown up and be like, oh, hey, what's up, Earth? Like, how's it going? Um, and have allowed two humans, well, Mallory thinks it's just one. On to the space station where the things are going on. She got like special dispensation to be on this space station. Um, And she's like, yeah, there's no humans here. So probably this only affects humans. So as long as I stay around aliens, no other humans will die because of me. Um, And that mostly works until humans are coming to the space station. Mallory freaks out and a lot of things happen all at once. There are amazing side characters, like just epically... Great side characters in this. Um, it's a perfect, I feel like, amount of tension for like, oh my gosh, who is gonna die? What's gonna happen? How did it happen? Like locked room, spaceship, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm. Um, just really well plotted, really fun. So if you like a genre mashup, if you like sort of those like oddball uh, cozy um, mysteries, and you can handle some space or vice versa, it's just they. I really do think they are crowd. And I think these are great, especially for people who are you're like trying to coax into the sci fi, you know, world, because you don't have to like it's not like a lot of technobabble. It's not a lot of science. It's just a great plot with great characters. So highly recommend uh, the Midsolar Murders series, which is obviously a nod to the Midsummer Murders, uh, which if you've watched that on TV, I haven't. But, you know, I know it exists. (laughs) Um, And these are by Mer Lafferty.
0: I think you sold fun murder <laughs> very well. Right? It's weird, <laughs> but it's true. <laughs> I totally get it. Well, I I also have some coziness coming up. Um, this is definitely a good one for your cozy romance readers. Like if you know any readers who love romance, if you know readers who are just looking for something to cozy up to, for the holiday season the very secret society of irregular witches by sangu mandana is i think a perfect pick Mm um yeah this is another one with a seasonally appropriate moment there's a, a little bit of a holiday vibe going on in the later part of the book but this is a story that explores some serious issues like racism but it is also a warm hug of a book filled with magic and there's some romantic tension and there's also the joys of found family which i know a lot of us love Mm. so it's set in an england where witches have to keep a low profile to the point where they're not allowed each other's companionship outside of these rare secret meetings and mika moon who is a real witch masquerading as a social media witch which i found (laughs) hilarious (laughs) like oh yeah you could be on instagram and do the witchy business and totally nobody's gonna think you're like an actual witch that is so funny to me um so mika knows that she's supposed to keep away from other witches when she's not at these meetings when she accepts this position to teach a threesome of young witches at a place called nowhere house and nowhere house is this particularly magical place on the coast. And Mika falls in love with the eccentric staff. She's joining, even as she realizes that not everyone is happy about her entrance into their (laughs) lives, including the handsome brooding librarian, that big-hearted Mika works so hard to try to win over. Um, and of course she discovers that the problems no warehouse expects her to help them with are a lot steeper than she could have imagined. And she has to make some difficult decisions about just how much she's willing to overcome to stick her neck out for these imperfect people. Especially since, you know, a lot of it is... Is... Um endangering her of exposing herself and, you know, her newfound family. So I love a book about finding community and also about underdogs who get to show their true power, magical or otherwise. And this is definitely one of those books. And it's also just brimming with all of the delicious trappings of quaint, cozy life that Mm. you could ask for. Like, I definitely want to live at Nowhere House <laughs> in the little attic bedroom that Mika gets to stay in. And there's tea. Of course, there has to be tea in a cozy <laughs> English novel and there's gardens and nature and lovely things and i don't know it just makes me want to swaddle myself in a blanket and grab a cup of cocoa and reread this book so that is the very secret society of irregular witches by sangumandana which does have content warnings for partner caregiver abuse and also racism
1: Strong cosine. I love that
0: book, I love that's
1: so it. good. Uh, also, on the very extremely cozy side is my next pick, which is specifically for the D and D or Critical Role or you know other RPG fans out there. Um, the Legends and Lattes series by Travis Baldry. If the D and D etc. person in your life has not gotten these yet. You must get them for them immediately. Uh, there's now two, I guess, possibly three. There's like a story that I haven't figured out how to read yet that came out um, in 2022 called Pages to Fill. But Bookshops and Bone Dust is the prequel that just came out this year. And Legends and Lattes is the first uh, book that came out last year. And um, I, I, I I, like delight is the word that I want to use like these books are so I mean it's literally called like high fantasy with low stakes which is just <laughs> That's wonderful. brilliant uh, and our, the character who connects these two is Viv who is like a warrior orc barbarian you know who has been solving problems with her sword for a good long while when we meet her in Legends and Lattes and she's like you know what I would really like to do is retire and op- open a coffee shop and you're like I mean same yeah. same I just don't have a sword, (laughs) but same. Um, And so Viv does one last campaign to win this very special good luck gem, as it were, because she's convinced that she's going to need it, that she just doesn't think she can do it without some supernatural help. Um, And then, you know, you get your found family. She attracts a bunch of other oddballs who are looking for a fresh start to her. There's, I mean, you're gonna want cinnamon rolls, literal cinnamon rolls nearby, because that's Mm -hmm. like a huge part of this book is baked goods. (laughs) You're gonna want coffee, you're gonna love it. Oh, there's a stray cat that's actually, like, ginormous who's living on the roof. Like, there's just, I mean, it's so sweet and lovely and fun. Um, Just could not be more enjoyable, really. I don't know how else to tell you about it. <laughs> it's really delightful. Um, And, yeah, I think Baldry has just nailed this, you know, like a world that you just want to roll around in and, and like hang out with these characters and eat coffee and maybe get into a fist fight with the local thugs you know kind of situation uh it's really lovely to see these characters find each other and find you know their fresh start um so again that's the legends and lattes series by travis baldry
0: been hearing so much about that series and now i know oh, it sounds like it's
1: why it's why <laughs> you will love it. I mean, it's very adjacent to Secret Society, except that it's, you know, a and d style world instead of our contemporary world. But otherwise, like, yes, it's almost exactly the same okay. in a lot of ways.
0: It's so. on my list.
1: Yeah, put it on the list.
0: Well, I'm taking us out of, perhaps temporarily taking us out of Cozy Town for my next Oh, thing. no, my next one is also not okay. cozy at all. So. <laughs> we are departing Cozy Town. <laughs> uh, well, this one is definitely for the horror lovers out there. It's Bad Cree by Jessica Johns. And I, you know, I have been loving horror since forever and especially like this year I have just dived into it so I had to throw one in for my fellow horror lovers and this one actually jumped right out because I think I think it might be a good pick for even the horror curious readers out mm. there like if you're not quite if you think you might be like a little too scared um, or that It's just going to be all jump scares all the time. This is not that. This is, you know, a book that has like the haunts and the dark woods and the tragedies. But it's also a story about family and sisterhood and community and passed down Cree wisdom And I think it's just a great debut novel. I was really excited about this when I heard about it. I didn't know very much about Jessica Johns, who is Cree. um, But I, you know, she hadn't written a book yet. And I just saw the cover and I was like, okay. And I heard the synopsis and I knew I had to read it. And it's this touching story that follows Mackenzie, who's a young Cree woman. And she's hiding from her grief and her community but she's forced to return home when the evils of her family's tragedy leaks out from her nightmares into reality which is not a fun time for anybody as you might imagine (laughs) uh but this is like a, a story that is really about processing grief and how it sometimes takes a village to pull you out of the depths of your grief um you can't always go it alone And it does have some real spine tingly moments. I was definitely uh, looking around when I turned off the lights after (laughs) reading this book. But it does involve like gruesome ghosts, and ominous harbingers, and creature elements. And my favorite horror franchise of my youth was Nightmare on Elm Street. So I will always gravitate to a story where the waking world is not safe from our worst nightmares. But again, it's really, it's it's just even more than that. It's got a lot of really great moments, like family moments, sister moments, cousin moments, all the great things. Um, so I highly, highly recommend it. And I cannot wait to read more from Johns. So again, that was Bad Cree by Jessica Johns. This one has content warnings for alcohol addiction and the death of a sibling.
1: All right. So also squarely not in cozy town. Um, (laughs) There's been a real beautiful, in my opinion, resurgence of like weird SFF uh, over the past decade or so. Right? So we've got like... Jeff Vandermeer, we've got China Mievel, we've got Lauren Bukes, we've got Yunha Lee, we've got N.K. Jemisin, like people who are like getting into the really messy, sometimes dark, just strange, mind boggling. You're like, how did you even think of that kind of speculative fiction? And one of my favorite books of the past year, like for sure, is a new entry into that. It is The Archive Undying by Emma Mieko Candon. It has a lot, I mean, just like content warnings abound, right? Like this is dark, it's violent, pretty much nobody is safe from harm. Um, There's, you know, tendrils of things that you would not want in your body happening. So, you know. Keep all of that in mind. But again, if those are the authors that you gravitate towards or that you know somebody else who gravitates towards, this is like a must read. It's got a blurb from Tamsin Muir also on it. Just side note. Cool. Um, so, you know, author of Gideon the Ninth has given it a stamp of approval as well. <laughs> and uh, we all know how we feel about those books. So it takes place in a world that has been you know, was at one point ruled over by AI and then those AI became corrupted and sort of took out a bunch of parts of this world and there are weird remnants floating around. It's a very divided and complicated world. Um, And our main character, Sunai, is sort of a casualty of that collapse. It's been uh, 17 years since, you know, the big sort of fall, um, and of this one AI in particular, and Sunai has just been on the run ever since, like sleeping with the wrong people, drinking too much, taking weird jobs, like on the run from both his own self and the world around him. uh and you know, then his past catches up with him, and he's got a make some choices (laughs) and becomes invested in people that he can't just up and run and leave anymore uh, as much as he would like to. And he really, really wants to. So it is a, it is, I mean, these characters are so gloriously messy. Um, They're so relatable. They are making just... The worst choices sometimes, but you totally get where they're coming from and you are just on the edge of your seat trying to figure out, like, what is going to happen next. And I love how like has built this world that, like, there's, you know, just enough explanation to get you through, but there's not a whole lot of, like... If you, like, need everything explained to you, just, you know, you're not going to like this. <laughs> like, it's like, you just got to go with it, but it's so well done. I think it's really extremely well done. It all hangs together really nicely. Um, and I, this is technically a series. It's, you know, they're, they've built this as the first of the downworld sequence. I think it stands alone really well. I really want a sequel also. Um... Uh, So I have like all of the good feelings about this book, as complicated and dark and messy as it is. And I think, again, if that's the kind of reader that you are or that somebody you know is, this is like a slam dunk home run must pick up. Uh, So, again, that's The Archive Undying by Emma Mieko Candon.
0: And staying in dark waters, uh, <laughs> I have one for literary readers and also people who keep up with book awards. And it is Chain Gang All Stars by Nana Kwame Brenya. And we saw, we talked about this a little bit, um, mm-hmm. but I would say this one is really good good for people who don't normally read SFF, but maybe you want to get them into it or show them kind of the truly impressive things the genre can do. And for a second there, it seemed like this book was going to end up as a kind of under-the-radar read because Mm. I didn't hear a lot about it when it first published, and I was kind of looking out for it because I... think this author is great and i wanted to see this book do well but i'm really glad to see that it's picked up steam as far as media attention goes and that now it's a finalist for this year's national book awards so Mm -hmm. super exciting i am so jazzed about that and i think it's well deserved and yeah it's a great read i really loved um Nanakwami Ajebrenya's short story collection Friday Black which I've talked about a few times as well so the idea of settling into a whole novel length story and seeing what he could do was really appealing and his stories are all really sharp and incisive particularly about social issues and in this book he takes on a huge topic (laughs) incarceration and The prison system as a capitalist enterprise that's also rife with racism and inhumane treatment. And this is kind of a a satirical vision of a possible future where this organization, the Criminal Action Penal Entertainment or CAPE, um group sets up gangs of prisoners as gladiators who are fighting to the death with viewers paying money for the privilege to watch so super disturbing right on its face um and there are sponsorships and things like that and it's just like taken as a normal part of life And we do get multiple perspectives. We get perspectives from mega fans to new fans to the activists who are protesting and working against Cape to the prisoners themselves. And it's sometimes comical in that it really like examines things that are in our current reality and, you know, plays with them and makes you see how there are problems even in the way we do things today Um, and it is also often disturbing to enter the minds of some of these participants who have some sort of touch point with Cape and central to the story are Thor and Stax who are two lovers and also super popular members of the same link or team and they're battling for their freedom when Cape's nefarious plans for these games and its players threaten everything they're working towards. So big story, lots of characters, really well crafted. I think it's amazing how he successfully juggles a bunch of characters and also expertly balances like satire with real, you mm-hmm. know, critical um really sad moments as well. So highly, highly recommend Chain Gang All Stars by Nana Kwame Aje Brenya. And this one has a lot of it's is a gory, violent book. It does have racism and racial slurs and also sexual assault. So do note that.
1: Yeah. I did start it finally, Sharifa. I finally oh, started yeah. reading it. And it's so good and it's so intense. I had to like put it down to read some cozy stuff at one point because I was like, this is so much. (laughs) <laughs> like, it's so good, but it's so much. But I was thinking about, like, what would I shelve it next to, right, thematically? And it feels like, you know, Kurt Vonnegut, George Saunders, Colson Whitehead, yes. Margaret Atwood. Like, those are the vibes I get from this book. So I think it makes total sense that this is, like, a breakthrough for Ajay Brenya. And, like, you know, it's getting nominated for the National Book Award, like, 100% correct, I think.
0: Yeah, I secretly hope it wins, and not so. Yeah, secretly. I, I, you're not, I was just going to say it's not
1: a secret anymore. It's not a secret.
0: It's just. A we'll c- see. We'll
1: see. We'll talk about it on our. I've been tabulating uh, awards and best of lists
0: for our Ooh. best of show,
1: so you know it's gonna. We're gonna talk about it some more for sure, one way or the other.
0: Awesome. Awesome. Yeah. Well, that was it. Those were our picks for the holidays. Um, hopefully you found something in there to gift to somebody or to yourself. No judgment. Uh, and yeah, SFF Yeah is sound edited by Caitlin Brame. Many thanks to her for making us sound great each and every episode. You can find more recommendations at bookriot.com. We are definitely talking about the holidays in all our spaces, including our other podcasts which you can find at bookriot.com slash listen. Thank you so much for listening. You can email us at sffyeah at bookriot.com. And if you have a moment, please do review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you listen. It helps people find us, and we really appreciate it. In the meantime, you can find us online. Where can they find you, Chen?
1: Yeah, I'm on my social media break for the winter season. So mostly, you can just find me here
0: (laughs) right now. That's very healthy. Uh, And you, yeah, I try. You can find me uh, accidentally taking a break from social media (laughs) (laughs) on Instagram at Saina Williams. That's S -S 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 C A I N A B Williams, and we'll talk to you next time.